morning, good afternoon, good evening, or it's doing better already. This Eagle Eyes on Tech, I am Eagle Falcon. Well, it's BlizzCon week. Yay! Honestly, though, I think we'll 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 cover BlizzCon in a moment. First, though, as I almost always do. Oh, my phone started just making random noises, so let's stop that. There we go. All right. But as we always do, we need to start off the week with uh, some little notices. Though this week, it's not too bad. So, for starters, you really should update your iPhone 5 and only your iPhone 5 because if you don't it will potentially stop working there is a bug currently in all versions but the latest version version of iOS for the iPhone 5 that prevents it from functioning properly It can, in fact, just randomly crash if it's not updated to the latest version, which is 10.3.4. And in fact, you should, in fact, update by November 3rd or, well, you're not going to get any support after that. So actually, if you're listening to the podcast version of this, um, well, uh, yeah, it's already too late because we're recording this right now on the second and this airs on the podcast version on the fourth. Whoops. And they also recommend... That if you do that if you do update software, you update it wirelessly. Now that being said, I have a hard time imagining that uh there are all that many people that actually use an iPhone 5 still. Most people that like the form factor of the iPhone 5, well, um, they switched over to the iPhone SE which is the exact same form factor with more modern guts. I'm just saying. And that version even has a headphone jack. Intent. So, yeah. I mean, really, you know who this affects more? This affects those, like myself, who hunt down old technology and try to restore it to get some functionality out of it on the cheap. I mean, heck, funny enough, I have... I'm not even kidding when I say this. I have an iMac from 2007 or 8. I want to say 7. Sitting in my lab right now with a bad hard drive. And I plan on just... As a side project, cracking it open, replacing the hard drive, and there, I have a iMac that I got for free 
works for me. Then heck, it might actually make a good good device for like say my grandparents just wa- who just want to browse the web and look at the Facebooks. Heck, the blasted operating system is so little is so targeted infrequently that there'd be no fear of them getting caught by the Nigerian scammers trying to tell them that they've been infected by the viruses. There's still people out there running the five five for one reason or another. I would want to know why. I'm not even trying to like rip on them or anything. I legit want to know why. I can think of a couple reasons. Because the iPhone 6, 7, and 8, especially the 6, use a flawed chassis design. That causes the device to flex when put under too much pressure, like being a fat guy sitting on it. And just other things that actually can happen fairly commonly, but also just doing minor flexes that can cause chips to pop out of the board. So, I mean, I can see not upgrading to 6 for that reason, then 7 and 8, of course, have no headphone jack. Then again, freaking no phone anymore has headphone jacks. What the heck? Does the Fold have a headphone jack? Is there a modern phone right now? I'm not going to count the S10. Just because it's very soon going to be replaced by something in a couple months. Is there really a modern phone right now with a headphone jack? It's all vanishing. Man. Which is a shame because I actually use my headphone jack like every day. Oh, there we go. Tector back ha- ha- has me in the in the chat. Huawei has a jack. Yep, they, they definitely have a jack. And it, and it jacks into your head. With the amount of spying it does. I get it. All right, we're clearly getting off topic. Let's instead go over to a more important topic. Like, literally people being targeted in Fallout 76 for daring to make the stupid life decision of giving Bethesda money. I am not kidding when I say that. Alright, so if you don't know the story, Fallout 76 is a game launched by Bethesda a while back that promised to be a multiplayer game that is totally not an MMO, that launched to be a very buggy MMO. And and when I say buggy, I mean very, very, very buggy. Like, the game barely worked. It was hated. Just straight up hated. And... Almost every single promotional tool they launched with failed or was a scam. It has turned Bethesda from a video game company that w- that cared about its players, but they tried their best, even though they were not great at what they did, to kind of hated. Like, I kid you not, 
every single time a new story about Fallout 76 came up, I would go up to the people who I knew were diehard Bethesda supporters to ask them their opinion on this. Because whenever I look at something like this, I want to hear others' opinions. I want to hear the other side. I cannot find anyone that can defend this. So that's how that's how Fallout 76 launched. Then, a couple weeks ago, Bethesda launched... Was it a couple weeks or was it just last week? It doesn't matter. Fallout 76 launched a subscription program called Fallout First for the low, low price of $13 a month. Or if you wanted to destroy your money faster and less frequently, $100 a year, you could get such amazing features as the ability to have a private server that you don't host that other people can go into and is buggy as heck. The ability to have privileged items that only you can get a hold of. The ability to get more than $13 worth of in-game currency that's over... That's uh, The in-game currency is a rip-off, by the way. In fact, really, the whole thing is a rip-off, because for $13, you can get... There's plenty of other games that you can actually get more use out of and is more playable than this. Heck, the new game Outer Worlds was available on the $10 a month Xbox Pass. And that's a better and more playable game. Well, um, well, it turns out that people who have the, uh, it turns out that those who wear the exclusive gear for having Fallout first are literally being targeted, ganked, and in-game killed on the spot. It's literally creating a game of class warfare within Fallout 76. And it actually might be drawing players back to Fallout 76 just to grief the people dumb enough. And I use that in their context and and my own. I, I would not pay this kind of money for this service to support this game, which honestly Fallout 76 should just be killed. I know Bethesda doesn't want to say that. I know any remaining fans of of Fallout don't want to hear that, but the game needs to just die a slow death. Now, Someone in the chat mentioned $13 for a managed private server is a, is about what the going rate for. And yes and no. Uh, some of the services I've seen for private Minecraft server hosting is about $8 to $10. I know in the Ragnarok Online private server community, yes, it's still going. I can't believe it either. 
that it's about $5 a month. There's a difference, though. It works. And you know, and you have control over it. Like, that's the thing you need to remember here. It actually works. Unlike 76, which doesn't even deserve the Apple, it just works, TM. Yes, it's private and you have no admin privileges. And here's the best part about the about the Fallout First private servers. If you as the owner of the server log off, the world ceases to be. So let's pretend I live in a parallel universe where I have a Fallout 76 server. And I want to bring in all my viewers on Twitch who also, for some insane reason, like Fallout 76. And they join me and we have, you know, three a three-hour stream of, oh, this is so much fun, dirty, dirty, dirty. We go ahead and have fun. And I go, all right, guys, I'm, go- I'm, I'm tired. I'm going to bed. You guys have fun. Good night. I sign off. They're all kicked off. The world is gone the moment the owner signs off. That's how bad this is. Look, I, I, I'm trying to think how Bethesda just, uh, I'm, I'm trying to think how Bethesda can save this. And aside from just killing it, maybe releasing the Fallout 76 server software as an open source and seeing where the the remaining 12 Bethesda diehard fans take it. That is the defense I keep hearing with Bethesda games. You can fix it with mods. You can fix it with mods. You can fix it with mods. Oh my God. You can fix it with mods. That might be the only way to fix 76 here. Fan community. Fix it with mods. Do it. Let's shift gears radically. Well, not radically, but we're shifting gears. Valve is killing the loot box key trading. So on CSGO, I should say. In CSGO, there are loot boxes, but you have to buy keys in order to unlock the loot boxes. And they used to have an open marketplace so that you could take your keys that you earn either in one way or another. Either through actually playing the game or through purchasing them or whatever, you could sell them back on the community. It's a cute idea. There's just one problem. There were plenty of people that were committing fraud with the loot box key trading feature or using loot box keys 
as a way to launder their money. Bethesda has gotten wind of this, and uh, yeah, that, that needs to stop. The loot box keys in general are still around. CSGO still has what is essentially gambling, etc., etc., etc. Honestly, though, like when the when the story first caught crossed uh, my my stash, my reaction was just kind of like this: "Oh, Valve kills loot box key trading! Yay, another another company go." Going the way of getting rid of uh, getting rid of that, except they're kind of not. Oh darn! Wait, oh, no. money laundering? What? <laughs> That's pretty much how it went. It's just like, oh, they're kind of killing loot boxes, but not really. Whatever. And then just digging in, it's just like, oh, oh. And another sign of the times, EA is doing the exact opposite of Epic, learning that EA Origin is an awful piece of software and are bringing their games back to Steam. I have mixed feelings about this. I mean, on one hand, it does mean that the original reason I never got into Mass Effect is gone. And hey, I can finally pick up uh, Dead Space without having to download Origin, which I'm not going to lie, I wasn't really too fond of. Actually, you know what really ticked me off the most about the Origin launcher? It bans my username. And I still am not 100% sure why. You cannot make Eagle Falcon as a username on Origin. And it was just kind of at that point, it's just like, all right, well, thanks, EA. You, first, you killed Command and Conquer for me. You, you, killed, uh, you killed Ultima for me. You've killed this, that, and the other thing. You've, you've been a big pile of excrement on the gaming community, and you give me one final middle finger by flipping me off when I try typing in my username. Well, okay. So on one hand, I, I'm I'm glad for it. On the other hand, eh. Now, if I want to look way too deep into this, maybe, just maybe, this will be a nice sign over to Epic Games. EA is a huge publisher. Yeah, they got some bad cred, but they make money hand over fist. And even they, with all their resources and all their notoriety, abandoned the concept of their own game store. Maybe, maybe our Epic Game Store should go away. Maybe we should let games choose to be on multiple platforms again instead of doing stupid exclusivities that 
piss literally everyone off and actively make players hate developers for choosing to go with an inferior platform. Just maybe, maybe EA can do some good by sending this signal out there. I mean, granted, that's how you could look at EA going to Steam, but on the other hand, uh, the, the entire managing staff of the Epic Game Stores seems to be on some kind of drug that they're not sharing with the rest of us and refuse to listen to everyone who is ticked off at them forever. So I, I have a hard time believing I'm going to live in a world where that kind of thinking will happen. Shifting gears again. We're just going to go all over the place, aren't we? That's okay, though. Google Maps has enabled a feature to show where police speed traps are located. And, uh, well... Okay, as a note to the podcasting people, I am super distracted because the headline says what I want to talk about, but the video under it that is playing on mute is talking about a what-would-you-do marathon. And it's super distracting. This is what I get for pulling an, pulling an article from, from mainstream news, I guess. This is why no one likes them. But I digress. Google Maps is putting on a feature that allows people to see where police speed traps are. And sheriff departments all over the country are expressing outrage over this. That people can see where they're setting up speed traps. A speed trap, for those who don't know, for... Now, they probably actually... For one reason or another. I'm sure there's people who don't know what a speed trap is. A speed trap is a section of road where a cop car hides, points out a radar gun, and just pulls you over right there. These spots are normally, like, right after a decrease in the speed limit. It's like one speed trap that I hate out by my dad's is on the stretch of road, it literally goes, I'm not even exaggerating to say this, it goes from 45 miles an hour, which is pretty normal, down to 30 for a couple blocks, and then back up to 45. The city's reasoning for this was because there was, there was a heavier amount of residential housing in that area, and then it went back to commercial. But there's still commercial in there. It, it it it's a clear speed trap, and I've gotten caught in there once, and I know a couple other people who have been caught caught in there. It's it's a terrible spot, but these sort of things are done to quote keep the drivers in check. A lot of us think is, that it's made to generate revenue. Well, the Google Maps feature now points out where those are. 
Uh-huh. Yep, and they're outraged because this will decrease safety on the roads. Yeah, all, all I can do is just kind of shake my head. I am I'm not pleased with speed traps, like, at all. All right, before we go, go to the break, I want to talk real quick about red. The color red. It's, it's an amazing color. Also, red made a phone, and now they're killing it. And also, they're, um... And also, the head of the project announced their retirement. So, red, if you don't know, they make absurdly high-end cameras. Like, red is well-known for making cameras for high-end movies like like hollywood cinematographers all use red cameras almost exclusively i'm sure someone out there can name a couple companies that do that compete with red but i don't know of any red also then made a smartphone it was called the red hydrogen one it was a 1300 dollars phone it featured Slightly underpowered hardware, a very nice, robust aluminum body with hand grips on the side, a connector for additional add-ons down the road, 3D sensing cameras, and a three and the gimmick of the phone, which was its holographic display, which was basically the 3DS style display built into the screen. The phone was not liked because the one thing you expected Red to get right, which is the cameras, were subpar at best, and the gimmick was a gimmick. The only thing the phone had going for it was that it was a very sleek, durable phone. But in the end, everyone hated it. Now, with that being said, the founder did step down because of health issues. I'm not going to look into whether that's true or not. That's just what they posted. But this gave me a good chance to kind of look back at the Hydrogen 1. If this phone... All it needed to do was change two things. Three things, actually. I mean, first off, obviously... It needed better components. Its development lasted too long, so it had last year's specs in it. If that was bumped up to modern specs, that'd be the first step. Second step, drop the 3D display. Just put an OLED panel in it, call it a day. Then also make sure it's color accurate. And then finally, 
work on the cameras. You're red. You make the best cameras in the world and you put literal camera garbage in your smartphone. I'm not saying figure out a way to put their freaking whatever their highest end sensor is. I think it's I think their highest end is an 8K. I'm not saying put an 8K camera in there. That's absurd. But even even if it was a freaking 1080p camera for example, even if it was just 1080p but still had the quality that their normal camera sensors can put out, it could have been an amazing prosumer phone. But instead they doubled down on the 3D gimmick and nobody liked it. Not a soul, not one, looked at the Hydrogen 1 and said, I need 3D in my life. We're going to take a quick break here when we come back. Twitch launches a feature very silently that um, really makes you wonder if we really want it at all. And the NVIDIA product stack that is even more of a mess than anyone would have thought. Welcome back, Eagle Eyes on Tech. I'm Eagle Falcon. So, Twitch kind of revamped a feature they've always had. For a while now, they've had the top cheerboard. For every single channel that chooses to implement it, at the very top of the chat, it would show for whatever period it was, It could you the streamer could either set it to reset every week, every month, or never, who who the people in the chat were that have cheered the most bits. Cheering means that you use an animated emote in, inside the chat with a value behind it, and the streamer gets one cent per value of that emote. That value is referred to as bits. They act... The action of using bits is called cheering, and bits are just bits. That makes sense. Bits are then gained by the viewers by either watching ads when they're available early in the morning and pretty much no other time, or by just buying them for like 1.4 cents per bit. All right, so... For the longest time, that's been around. And you could either have it set, and like I said, you could set it for whatever sort of reset duration you wanted between one week, one month, or never resetting, or just not even having it. A couple days ago, Twitch decided to enable a sub-gift leaderboard. This also shows at the top of the chat. Right now, I'm right now, I record this podcast on Twitch. Right now, my my cheer and sub-gifting leaderboard is empty. 
but that's because it literally just reset. On my channel, it's set to reset every month. But it would normally have the top cheer and the top sub-gifter and give a temporary badge for both. Now, I personally have... Now, on, on one hand, the cheering, I don't mind a whole lot because the bits have... The minimum value can be zero. And it's just a nice, cute little thing for people who want to show support. The thing is that for those who want to show support through gifting subs, the minimum cost to showing that kind of support is much, much higher by comparison. Whereas the cost to entry on cheering is potentially zero to a buck forty, which is the minimum you pay to buy bits, the cost to entry on being on the sub gifting leaderboard is five dollars. Now, personally, I don't mind either way. What I do mind is the fact there's no ability to turn one off over the other. Like, if I had a choice, I would just have the cheering board up there. I mean, that's just me. But the option isn't there. It was rolled out silently. In fact, I had to put up a Streamlabs post of someone saying, hey, can we add a sub-gifting leaderboard to the Streamlabs widgets? From, God, two years ago. Because there's no blog entry about this on Twitch. And no one's actually talking about this. What I don't get is, normally when a feature like this is rolled out, Twitch lets the streamers have an absurd amount of customization. To this one, they're not. And I'm kind of disappointed by that. It seemed to be a feature that not a whole lot of people asked for. And it's just, it's there now. The end. So that, that's where I stand on it. I wish we had the ability to turn off the sub-gifting leaderboard. And the handful of people I've asked on Twitter, a few people express that same concern, but most people are either, eh, don't care, or, but I can still turn them both off, right? And yes, you can still turn them both off. I'm just disappointed with the lack of customization. Maybe that'll come when they redo the dashboard. I don't know. Maybe I'm talking about it too much. Let's shift gears. So, I talked earlier this week on an early bird briefing that Google was in talks to buy Fitbit. Called it. Sure enough, Google bought Fitbit. And Google bought Fitbit for $2.1 billion. As I talked about on the early bird briefing, it is a deal that could buff up Wear OS, that's Google's smartwatch operating system, 
immensely. Because let's be honest, the Google smartwatch, they're bad. They are really bad. Not as bad. Well, I mean, actually they are. They are worse than my current smartwatch. But I digress. The point is, is that right now in the smartwatch category, it is very difficult for any smartwatch to compete with the Apple Watch. The operating systems just aren't there. Or, in the case of the Samsung Watch, they are there, there's just no support. No developers, no nothing. Now, in other interesting news, Facebook was trying to buy Fitbit as well. But Facebook made a terrible miscalculation in trying to buy Fitbit. In the fact, they only offered $1 billion. Oh, I'm sorry, Facebook. The answer was two. Wah, wah. So that amuses me immensely. There have been more leaks about the Razer foldable phone. And by Razer, I mean the Motorola Razer, not Razer, the gaming company that makes sleek-looking gaming peripherals that uh, nine times out of ten do not hold up the test of time. At least in my experience. I'm just saying, I am not a better gamer with this mouse. In fact, I got worse ever since I got this Razer mouse. I don't know. <laughs> but I digress. The That being said, though, the live picture, the actual leaked picture of the Razer phone pretty much confirms what we've been talking about since June. It is, in fact, going to be a folding phone. It will fold open to be the size of a normal smartphone. And it basically does look like a big, old-school Motorola Razor. Unfolding to, what are they saying here? A 6.2-inch OLED phone. And people are also still talking about the fact this is probably going to be a $1,500 phone, which is going to make it pretty much dead on arrival for anyone remotely interested. Now, back in the world of absurd components, we have Gigabyte launching what might quite possibly be the world's fastest SSD. And if I didn't tell you it was an SSD, you would think it's a graphic card. It looks like a graphic card. It's a single slot card. It is completely enclosed. It has its own dedicated fan. It is all ventilation on the back. And this sucker is an 8 terabyte (laughs) SSD that uses PCI Express Gen 4, so this is a Ryzen 3-only product. 
with sequential read and write speeds of 15 gigabytes per second. What? Like, this thing takes up a full 16x length of the freaking PCI Express slot. It actually might use more of that than the GPU. It is absurd what is going in there. And yes, the teardown of it does show, and these teardowns were provided by Gigabyte themselves, does show there are four 2-terabyte NVMe SSDs on there that are RAID zeroed together into the PCI Express Gen 4 slot with then a copper plate or copper heat spreader, I should say, on top of that, of course, with a thermal material between the two and then the blower fan behind that. Wow. I just, wow. I'll say this much. Um, for, for a while now, you could have gotten away with making super small, compact gaming rigs that were top tier. I think top tier systems are going to go back to being mid and full tower systems again, just because of SSDs like this. That is, that is incredible. Is there, chat asks, is there anywhere online that lists what the current computing bottleneck is? You know what? I'm just going to declare the current, the current bottleneck as NVIDIA. Because they are holding the rest of us back. I'm actually going to go shift gears to that. I was going to talk about BlizzCon. We'll talk about BlizzCon after NVIDIA. Because NVIDIA is actually driving me nucking futs. With their current... With, with their current product stacked. So... I think we talked about it last week. How it was rumored that we might be seeing the 1660 and the 1650 Super. Well, the 1660 Super has officially launched. We have the benchmarks, and the 1650 feature set has been released. The 1660 Super is better than the 1660 and worse than the 1660 Ti, but the 1660 Super has newer tech on the inside. For example, the 1660 has GDDR5 RAM. The 1660 Super has GDDR6. And the 1660 Ti has GDDR6, but at lower read and write speeds than the 1660 Super. But the 1660 Ti outperforms the 1660 Super. Are you confused yet? Because I haven't even started! I am I, I I assure you, I am not trying to confuse you. But it's gonna happen. You are gonna get confused and I am gonna get confused because that's the mess this is. 
Now, you might be thinking, much like with the the 2070 Super and the 2080 Super, well, the 1660 Super is just going to go is just going to go away. It's going to be phased out. Nope. Nope. The current product stack, I'm not even kidding when I say this, is going to be as follows. At the bottom end, the 1650, which is your under 75 watt GPU, and is actually the perfect guard for turning that $50 uh, business mid-tower you found into a gaming system. That's what the 1650 is going to be. Then the 1650 Super, which now requires a six-pin connector, making its value both better and less. By the way, the 1650 does not have the Turing NVEC encoder for streaming, but the 1650 Super does. Then you have the 1660, which requires an 8-pin, but has GDDR5. Then the 1660 Super, which makes you wonder why the 1660 exists. Then the 1660 Ti, which exists. Then the 26, then the RTX 2060, which now introduced ray tracing. Then the 2060 Super, which should really just be called the 2060 Ti. Then the 2070. Yes, the 2070, that is starting to make an appearance again. Then the 2070 Super, which did replace the 2070 for a while, but the 2070 is coming back. Then the 2080 Super, and then the 2080 Ti, and then the RTX Titan. Did you get all that? <sighs> it's, it's it's like why? Why would you do this? Nobody wants to remember everything I just rattled off. What's the difference between a sixteen sixty Ti and a twenty sixty? Not much. 2060 can, R- can RTX. What's the difference between a 2060 and a 2060 Super? About 50 bucks. What's the difference between a 2060 and a 20... Or, I'm sorry, a 1660 and a 1660 Super? 1660 is, uh, Super is better than the 1660 for the same price. The way 1660 exists, I don't know! I don't! Nobody knows. The worst part is right now is that when it comes to power efficiency and just sheer prettiness, the RTX cards are superior to what AMD is offering right now. And AMD currently only has two GPUs you can buy right now that are modern anyway, that are actually, you know, not last like several generations old i i just what are you doing nvidia what are you actually doing 
I, I just, I don't even know what to say about this. <sighs> that being said, though, if you do want to make a dedicated streaming box on the super cheap, find a bare basic workstation something like a Z420 from HP or a T3600 from Dell you can probably find those for about 130 bucks and slap a 1650 super in it and bam you're off to the races cuz that NVEC encoder is great for not torturing a CPU. <laughs> but then all you can do is just hang your head and just shake your head as you just go, why? Why is this a thing? Why does my head hurt the more I talk about NVIDIA? Alright. Let's stop dodging the, the, the elephant in the room. The big blue blizzard color schemed elephant in the room. BlizzCon is going right now as I'm recording this podcast. They've already had their opening announcements. They have already announced everything they are going to announce. And um, a couple of things. One. They opened up the announcement by saying they they opened up by with the president of Blizzard coming out and apologizing for the how they handled the situation with Blitzchung, both in the fact they punished him too swiftly. And that they responded to the community at a snail's pace. They then came out and announced that Diablo 4 is being worked on and that they're willing to take that darker. World of Warcraft is getting the expansion Shadowlands. Some other stuff that I really don't care about for Heroes of the Storm and for Hearthstone. And that Overwatch 2 is, in fact, a real thing and has the thing that Overwatch should have had from the freaking get-go being story missions. No way. Our shooter that we're trying to create an elaborate story for should have a story mode? Shut the front door. So, a couple things. First off, a couple of people are are talking about how <gasps> the Blizzard president didn't, didn't apologize to us. They're not doing anything about Blitzchung. <gasps> oh, God, they're being terrible. What do you want them to do? Like, Seriously. They already cut his sentence in half. They already let him ha- have the prize money. 
And they reinstated the casters. He still violated their rules. So there still should be some punishment. I agree that originally it was way too harsh. Their state, the statement that was made on behalf of them in the Chinese market is still very worrying, but... What else should they do? Honestly, I think the, apolo- the apology is enough for now. But realistically, there's nothing more to be done about the situation. Other than maybe, and probably, making a statement that they are in fact an American company and American values should come first, not Chinese values. That's not the only thing I think is missing, but I can live without that. I'm curious what others have to say, but uh, the, the last time I asked for that, I got nothing but basically word salads in my email. If you'd like to send me your word salad, please send it to eaglefalcontech at gmail.com. But I digress. So I actually did sit through the entire BlizzCon opening ceremonies. Not that I actually went there and physically sat in the audience. I I opened up a two-hour video of it, and I sat down and I watched it all. I don't know what they put in the water, but I have not seen a crowd of fans so disinterested in anything that wasn't Diablo 4, World of Warcraft, or Overwatch 2 ever. Probably the funniest thing was when they switched over to Heroes of the Storm. They started they started just going like, we all have our teams. Horde. Yeah! Alliance. Yay! Protoss. Oh. He's not talking about World of Warcraft at all. It was just like the, fa- the, the, the energy levels just got sucked out of the room the moment it wasn't any of those big three. The same thing when they announced a minor update to StarCraft 2. The new expansion for Hearthstone. I'm not going to lie. I didn't pay it. I actually fast-forwarded through the Hearthstone announcement. I, I could care less about Hearthstone. It's, it's, it's dead to me. And it was dead to me before Blitzchung. Thank you very much. But realistically... All we were told is that Diablo 4 exists and will be darker. Overwatch 2 exists and will have story mode. And World of Warcraft Shadowlands exists. That's it. Outside of that, we've been told nothing.
Now, as far as the planned protests at BlizzCon, um, that's also been... I've heard nothing. I don't know if that means there's some sort of security going on there that is stopping anyone who is suspected to be a protester or anything of that nature. Although, if that was the case, I would assume I would have seen something about it, but... We were looking at BlizzCon to potentially be a very problematic show. We expected this to just be a giant mess. And honestly, it came up pretty tame. Like, everything in the end turned out fine. So, with those out of the out of the way, we're going to take a break when we come back. We have our weird stories and also the story with Deadspin. At Facebook, we continue to take critical steps to better secure our platforms, including more than tripling safety and security teams to 35,000 people and partnering with security researchers, other tech companies, and law enforcement. What's next? We support updating internet regulations to address today's challenges and hold companies, including Facebook, accountable for preventing election interference, protecting people's privacy, and enabling safe and easy data portability between platforms. Learn more at about.fb.com slash regulation. Welcome back, Eagle Eyes on Tech. I'm Eagle Falcon. So, Xbox is working on a streaming service. We already know about this. They call it the X Cloud and whatnot, but but what they want to do is give you the ability to stream from your own Xbox. Yes, there's going to be a feature coming soon, TM, to be able to stream the game anywhere on a mobile device or whatever from your own home. So the only thing they ask you to have is, quote, an open or moderate NAT type. I am not going to lie. Whatever that means is slipping my mind right now. An upload bandwidth of at least 4.75 megabits per second or 9 megabits per second preferred. Network latency of 125 milliseconds or less, 60 milliseconds or less preferred, and an Xbox One console to be set to instant on in the power options. So naturally, this got me to thinking. How do I rack mount an Xbox One? Network address translation. Thank you. Thank you. That was slipping my mind. Thank you, Tech Rebecca. Literally, 
drive me a little insane. So yeah, I'm not, like, maybe this just says something about the way I think. How do I rack mount Xbox Ones? Would it be better to gut the Xbox Ones open and just mount the hardware into a case and rack mount that? Should we go the Mac Mini approach, get a shelf and just mount them like books like books on a shelf? What's the silliest way we can go about this? And then we need to ask ourselves, is this worth it? Now, I joke about that, and Tektrebeck mentioned in the chat that there is a service that's doing this. Yes, it is actually the xCloud itself. They have straight up said they are rack-mounting four Xbox hardware into a 1U chassis and going that route. But, I mean, yeah, they're, they're doing that themselves, but... I'm a server nerd. I want to do it myself. Uh, maybe I should skip doing that. Just like maybe Apple should just skip on making earbuds. Like, here's the thing I don't get, even though I get it. Apple owns Beats. They own a company who is better at making headphones than them. Why does Apple keep insisting on making headphones? And the reason being is that it just feeds the hype machine. Apple announced AirPods Pro. Thus, continuing the trend... Of Apple just throwing Pro at the end of anything. In order to make it so that the word Pro means nothing. You see, I praised Apple for actually making Pro in the Mac Pro mean something. And the iPhone 11 Pro exists and it's not really much a Pro product. Now the AirPods Pro exists. It's not a professional product. It's actually... Literally, a consumable product because there's no way to maintain the things at all. But that being said, I do like the look of the AirPods Pro over the AirPods. Mostly because A, they come in black, and B, the stem is much shorter. They basically look like in-ear ear pods. Except they kind of aren't. They still fit better. The stem is shorter so they look a lot less obnoxious. But of course there has to be a catch, right? $250 dollars. No, just, just no, don't do it. Just, just, just don't. 
There is a new NVIDIA Shield out there. It is the NVIDIA Shield TV, which not only is an NVIDIA Shield, which does things that no one asked for, such as playing Android games on your TV and streaming games from your gaming PC onto your TV. But why do that when you could have a Steam link to... (laughs) Oh, Steam link. I know, good joke, right? The point is, is that you can get this device and now have TV functionality on it. That being said... Real talk for a second. I actually do need to figure out what the best TV box is right now. Because my dad's actually asking me. He actually now has to get a TV box because his smart TV is now so out of date, it's not being supported anymore. And I just do everything with a Chromecast, so I am the wrong person to ask. I'm just saying, for what I use it for, the Chromecast is perfectly fine. I don't know if it's going to be fine for him, because he's still scared of his smartphone. I need to figure that out, like, real quick. Yikes. In a somewhat bizarre, but still kind of endearing way to celebrate the YouTuber who whom I forgot the name of, and is now buried inside this article, and I feel like a toodle. Mr. Beast, there we go. The YouTuber Mr. Beast reached, what was it, 20 million subscribers. And then exactly how it started, he was just like, oh, I I need to come up with some kind of celebration for 20 million. And then someone, like, jokingly said... You should go plant 20 million trees. And then he said, let's do it. So it's a big charity run right now, partnered with, I need to make sure I have the name of the organization correct, the Arbor Day Foundation. For every dollar donated, they will plant one tree. And their goal is to get to 20 million before January 1st, 2020. And they're actually getting quite a few other people involved on this. I know Linus Tech Tips has gotten involved on it. And because I am terrible with names, I have literally forgotten every other name. I, I feel like a monster for that. But but I digress. Currently, as of the as of this article was from Halloween. As of Halloween, they have reached ten point, basically seven million trees planted. What started as a joke is leading to the reforestation of something. They actually don't say exactly where the trees are being planted. I assume just kind of scattered throughout the world and wherever deemed appropriate. All right, in news that 
I, I honestly, I'm not going to lie. I debated not even having this story on here. I really didn't. But let's do it anyway. Another streamer has left for Mixer. The streamer known as King Gothalion. Gothalion? Goth- it doesn't matter. I, I don't know the guy. I've never watched any of his stuff. I've never even heard of him. He's a streamer that it has has had over one million followers on Twitch. And he has moved over to Mixer as well to become a exclusive streamer on Mixer. Now, just like with Shroud, I still have to point out watched hours on Mixer when Ninja moved over went down. On paper, right now, all the evidence points to the move to Mixers being not a great move. And who knows if it's actually... We're not going to know, of course, if this ends up paying off until January when we see the viewership numbers from Twitch and Mixer, if this ends up being worthwhile. But this is the third big name to move over, one of which I've never heard of. Now, that being said, someone in the chat earlier, uh, Nori, pointed out that um, other exclusivity deals are being made by other platforms specifically the one that was pointed out was tmr gaming a speedrunner who has a very bizarre contract with facebook gaming now he is still allowed to stream on twitch and on other platforms but any official speedruns he does can are only exclusively oh the mexican runner oh okay That's who TMR is. Now we know. Thank you for that. The Mexican runner can only speedrun exclusively on Facebook gaming. So moves are being made. It's just hard to say right now if any of the moves are going to be worth it in the end. All I can tell you right now is what we saw with the Q3 numbers. And that showed Twitch viewership going up by a, by a by an amount that's out of the margin of error. And Mixer dropping in viewership hours by 10%. Now, how's this for a weird headline? Epic Games sues a Fortnite tester who leaked the contents of Fortnite Chapter 2. I'm not going to lie. When I first saw this, I went, what? But I mean, it's not out of the norm for this sort of thing to happen. 
when you're testing a game, you have to sign a I am blanking on the name of it now. An NDA, a non-disclosure agreement. As soon as I came up as soon as as soon as it popped back into my head, chat chat points out what it is. I love it. And well, that means you don't talk about what you're testing on. Guess what? He talked about what he was testing on. So he's being sued. I don't feel bad for the guy. That being said, maybe it's just because I've played a whole lot of games that push the boundaries of the sort of amazing, fantastic ideas that can be injected into a game for a long time now. Like, for example, like the Call of Duty games have always seemed boring to me because they're their whole thing is, we want to be as realistic as possible. To which my reply is, I want to be a space marine! Woo! <laughs> so, so playing a COD duty has always seemed boring to me. Fortnite, what have you added? We added fishing and picking people up. Whoopty bleeping do! Really? You, you, you risk being sued? For that, it feels boring. And people in chat are just like, play Arma. Play Arma. Play Arma. Exactly. We can stretch the idea of what's possible. I mean, heck, even games like One Shot go outside of the border of of, of what a game can and can't do than Fortnite, realistically. Because all Fortnite is, even though it is crazy popular... It's basically it's basically the Hunger Games. Except cartoony. What did One Shot do? It literally gave, gave you amazing it gave you a level of immersion by literally just calling you out, shattering your fourth wall and trying to pull at your heartstrings at every moment it could. It actually really pushed what an RPG really is. Fortnite, 100 people in, one out. All right. This brings us to the last burb, the last story of the day, the weirdest story of the day. And of the day, I mean the week. And... I don't know if I am going to end up be if I'm going to have the popular opinion or an unpopular opinion. I don't I still am not sure how to read this story. And this being the controversy of Kotaku and Deadspin. Now, full disclosure, I pretty much never read any kind of sports article. I just don't. Mostly because I never got into fantasy football, pretty much. And if you're into fantasy football, you're going to go for sites like Deadspin to get as much info as you can so you can make the best fantasy team ever and make and make and make those millions upon millions of 
fractional sense and all that sort of dad and all that sort of jazz. And then Kotaku, well, whenever I ha- whenever I get a story from Kotaku, I end up having to go elsewhere to confirm that it's real. What ends up happening a lot what what has happened a lot in the past is that Kotaku and Deadspin both like to try and inject opinions and politics into stories when nobody asked for it. My in my opinion, when it comes to journalism, it should be just that. Journalism, reporting on the story giving the facts and calling it a day. That's it. What I don't need to know what the opinion of the person writing the story is. Then you are no longer a journalist. You are then an opinion writer. For example, I am not a journalist. For the purpose of this podcast, I am a talk show host because I straight what I do. I tell you what the story is, and then I give my opinion on it. So, it's with that that Deadspin is told, who originally is a sports website, that they should, quote, stick to sports. Or an op-ed, thank you. Not a journalist, but an op-ed. I knew there was another term for it. But I digress. Well, the editors and the journalists were not pleased with this. So they started writing stories that had nothing to do with anything. They started writing stories about that dog they saw outside. Or that one guy down the street has a cool set of wheels. So they fired the editor that let this happen. Simultaneously at the same time, ads are put on the sites that, well are auto-playing audio ads, which I'm not going to go so far as to say I hate them the most out of everything in the entire world, but I hate them more than anything when it comes to prepping for the show. They infuriate me to no end, and they're the reason why when I'm doing my show prep for this, my head I plug in my headphones and set them like way over here. And even then... I can still hear them even when they're even when my headphones are a full arm length away from me. They are that loud and that obnoxious. And the reporters protested about that too. And so it is believed that we are witnessing the end as far as I'm aware even though there has been a mass leave of both Kotaku and Deadspin of their writers, 
They are still operational as of this moment, as far as I'm aware. Let's believe that the end is in sight for both of them. It is at least a confirmed the end of those sites as we knew, which in my opinion is good. Because honestly, just stick to what you're good at. Like, let's pretend for, like, here, we'll use me as an example. I stream on Twitch. My whole shtick is either A, I stream Jackbox games, or B, I stream RPGs and riff on the stories as I go. Imagine if I just decided I'm going to go be a professional Fortnite player. You know what's going to happen to my viewer base? That red number right there that says how many people are watching, that's going to be a zero very quickly. No one is going to want to watch me do that. And those who are my moderators that actually care about the way I go are going to go, dude, you, you, you got to no, stop it. Stop it. J- just stop it. Get some help. This is not helping you. Just, just stick to the Jackbox, man. And then imagine if in protest, I decided to just be like an IRL streamer. Then after that, just being like, Yep, we're sticking to the, to the, to the stuff. <laughs> now, that's actually kind of stupid because I have no boss here. My, the only boss I have is Twitch. And Twitch just says, don't, don't be a really dumb idiot. But the point is, is that you go to Kotaku for gaming news. You don't go there to be lectured. You don't go there for politics. You don't go to Deadspin, in my case, ever. But you don't go to Deadspin to, to find out what the state of the world economy is. You just don't. Chad is recommending that I just go and be a Fortnite Monopoly streamer. There we go. So honestly, on one hand, the writers here are in the wrong. They should stick to what the goal of the publication is. That being said, the management who has decided to go ahead and put the world's most obnoxious form of advertising ever and ignoring their writers who are currently being defiant because they are told they have to go and write the thing they're supposed to and not try and become MSNBC or Fox. They're also in the wrong because nobody wants to listen to an ad randomly when they visit the site at 600 plus gain. No one. I mean, real quick, who wants to listen to an ad at, at, um, at 100 positive decibels? 
I don't even think that's actually possible. First off, I admit I am not an audio I I am not a um an audio technician. I just play one on TV. And by TV I mean Twitch. But no one does that. Even Twitch, who had the same problem for a while, as someone in the chat just points out, has said, we're working on it. Now, honestly, the problem on Twitch comes because most of us streamers try to keep our volume at around minus 15, minus 20 decibels. And ads, because they're professionally done, can have their audio at around the minus 5 decibel range. That has that that has more to do with streamers being afraid to get into the red because that starts distorting their audio, and understandably so. But in the end, Deadspin really needs to stick to what to what people come there to do. Kotaku needs to do the same. Hopefully. They take this constructive criticism to where it should and not just throw a temper tantrum. Though I imagine they are going to, well, they're they're going to keep throwing a temper tantrum, aren't they? This is going to suck, isn't it? That's going to do it for me for this week's episode of Eagle Eyes on Tech. Thank you so much for listening. Please feel free to check out my weekly podcast, The Early Bird Briefing, which you can find wherever you found this podcast that airs every every single morning. And also check out my Twitch page at twitch.tv slash Eagle Falcon. Take care, rest well, and hopefully we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. real talk for a second since it's just the since it's just me and the diehard fans out there now who are sticking around this late why the heck is a sports site called deadspin in the first place like i kind of get that 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 in football for uh, um runners like like to spin a bit out of a tackle so they can just keep running but that's like the closest i can come to to why a sports website is called deadspin that's just, just why? Am I the only one that thinks this? Probably not. Just weirdos. <laughs>